This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey everyone, it's Victoria Madian from Vibrant Raw Living and Vegan Danielle from the Specialty Produce Network. We're so excited San Diego Restaurant Week is coming. Join Specialty Produce in celebrating over 180 restaurants over eight days. It's all happening this year from Sunday, September 24th through Sunday, October 1st. For those of you looking for plant-based options, one of our favorite restaurants with an all-vegan menu, Cafe Gratitude, happens to be on the list. Go to www.sandiegorestaurantweek.com for more information. Select the drop-down menu under Type of Food and click Vegan to display other restaurants with vegan options. Don't forget to hashtag SDRW on social media in all of your delicious food photos and enjoy all that our local San Diego chefs have to offer. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today I'm going to be discussing the changes that happen in a young woman's body over the years. I feel like there can be a lot of anxiety around this time when dancers or young women are going through the time where they're moving from childhood into adulthood and the years in between where their body's growing and changing. So I am going to address some of the specific changes that take place, but then also address how we can take care of mental health and avoid things like eating disorders and depression and anxiety during this time. So... We consider an adolescent female to be labeled as such when menstruation begins. However, many changes start several years beforehand. It doesn't just start with teens. It can also start with 8 to 10-year-olds. And this isn't necessarily the healthiest thing for girls, but the trend does seem to be getting progressively younger. These days, some girls are starting puberty around age 8 or 9. And determining factors for this are largely based on their diet, activity level, genetics, and hormone balances or imbalances. Now, addressing the food aspect of this, there are certain genetically modified foods which have been considered to be a catalyst for puberty and causing hormone imbalance, as well as foods which are highly processed and containing pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. Organic foods are a great option when available to avoid harmful substances, and there are some foods which are more important to eat organic than others. You can look up the list, the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, if you want more information on that. Dairy is also a huge contributor to hormone imbalance because there are over 80 active hormones in cow's milk, which exist to help a baby cow or baby calf develop to become a several hundred pound animal. This contributes to weight gain as well, and plant-based milks are a great alternative during this time. I know many young women, when they are experiencing menstruation and going during that, going through that time in their life, they can sometimes feel like dairy will be a really strong contributor to things like cramps and heavier bleeding as well. When young girls are beginning menstruation, this can sort of be an awkward phase. Some are starting earlier, which makes them feel a certain way, and others who have not started may think that something is wrong with them, etc. 
This can be a bit of a mental disturbance because there is a physiological change taking place which is completely out of their control that's throwing them off. One of the first hormones that will cause a considerable effect is called leptin, and it also has to do with body fat. Dancers who tend to be underweight or under body fat are going to most likely go through puberty a bit later than someone who has an adequate healthy amount or more body fat. And I want to address this because I know some people listening to this may feel triggered and be like, well, I want to stop puberty and stay underweight and eat really low fat because they don't want to actually go through that process. But this is really a poor choice for your body. You need to consume some healthy fats for your body to function at its best and some healthy plant-based sources which contribute to healthy cholesterol and fat levels in the body are avocado, sprouted nuts and seeds, things like cashews, almonds, sunflower seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, coconut, durian. These are all really healthy sources. Oil and fried food contain things like acrylamide, which is a toxin and carcinogenic, and oil is also really detrimental to endothelial cell functioning in the body. So it's best consumed sparingly or not at all. I say this because some of the 8 to 10-year-olds talk about their body weight and mentioning that they want to lose weight, which is something that I normally offer them reassurance that there's nothing wrong with them getting taller and putting on a bit more mass, gaining muscle, and growing. Another hormone released by the brain via the hypothalamus gland is GnRH, and this is another hormone which is also responsible for creating two other hormones in the pituitary gland, communicating to that gland to release LH, which is luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone in the uterus. This process is actually what starts ovulation. If a female child by chance has a concussion or something in the brain due to an everyday type of accident, car accident, sports-related accident, gymnastics, that part of her brain might be affected for a while. This will change her menstrual cycle and hormone levels because it's being taken care of by that part of the brain. Sometimes things that we think would not be related will oftentimes kick in also. During the earlier stages of puberty, around the first stage, girls will start to develop breasts. And that oftentimes in dance or in life is where we start to see the posture compromise. They might start to slouch forward and tend to cave into themselves rather than stand up in more of an upright manner. And if the child is taller, then they can tend to do that a bit more. They may tend to want to wear baggier clothes, not want to wear light-colored leotards, and they may opt for more cover-ups, t-shirts, sweatpants, moo-moos, depending on what the child are sometimes comfortable with or what they're not comfortable with. Children are growing up in a very flexion-emphasized society, and what I mean by that is everything we're doing is in a really hunched-over position. We're hunched over in our work, whether at school, on our phones, at work, on tablets or laptops, etc. When in dance or doing physical exercise, this may be the only time that they have where they're not hunched over in work. So it's important to focus on shoulder and back extension work, something that is awesome that we do in yoga or 
with my dancers is that you can just take a moment, sit up straight, stack your spine, roll your shoulders back, grab your hands behind your back and stretch backwards. Or just put your hands gently on your lower back, extend your chin up towards the ceiling and just give a gentle lean back. Females will tend to become very quad dominant in their musculature instead of in their hamstrings. The more this ratio gets out of proportion, the more knee problems they can become susceptible to. I personally had a knee injury. I believe it was on my right side, but I'm not even certain at this point because they're in good condition. But my patella would slide out of place because I was overtraining my right side. And, you know, with different balancing and stretching and strengthening techniques I learned in yoga, it's really helped me to balance that out. And I think one of the really important things in training, no matter what type of sport or exercise you're doing, is to make sure that if you are overemphasizing one area, you know, say if you're a softball player and you're throwing a specific way and throwing a specific swing, that you make sure that area of your body gets a little bit more attention. Or if you're a golfer, to stretch your spine in the opposite direction, it might be twisting. Um, you know, you have to look at your body and how you're using it and try to bring as much balance to it as possible, especially during this time of your when you, if you are growing your teenage years, or if you have gone through this time, or if you're advising someone going through this time, help them focus on those stretches and exercises. Knee problems can be super detrimental to the female teenager, no matter what type of sport or exercise you're doing. So it's important to stay on top of that and make sure the knees are receiving proper conditioning. Another thing that can cause a lot more stress in a young woman's life or a young person's life is that they can start to take on a lot more activities, things like ASB, school clubs, AP classes, school teams, etc., I remember when I was younger and going through all this that I actually lost my menstrual cycle for three months due to overtraining, lack of sleep, which was pretty intense. And I ended up getting sick for a while after that during dance competition season. It was a really difficult time for me to push through, but I remember doing my best to prioritize rest. But I have to be honest, at that time, it wasn't really a focus and a part of my personality then. Super type A, very go, 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 very motivated and very competitive with myself. So I just wanted to keep pushing. And I know that a lot of people can develop that. You know, they see other people, their peers achieving things, and it seems like the standards constantly get higher and higher and higher for what's expected. But we have to remember to take time to slow down. Yoga has also been really important in me learning that process because the type of yoga I practice, we do the posture and we take, you know, some time to rest in between and let our body come back into a place of balance. So it's a good idea to do that. Just a little bit of time, not excessive amounts of time, but sometimes good to slow down. So, so much added stress can be really counterproductive due to how bones grow. We essentially grow from the outside in as far as our bones. Especially with younger children, you can typically tell when they're about to grow because their shoes stop fitting all of a sudden and, you know, they're ready for a growth spurt. So typically, hands and feet are going to grow first, then the lower leg and the forearm, then the thigh and the upper arm, 
and finally the spine, shoulders, and clavicle. Now, as bones grow, the outer layer of the bone is going to keep gaining more and more bone, which makes it harder, which is a good thing. However, the inside of the bone is going to have a bit more cellular turnover, and this part of the bone is a bit more spongy. During puberty, the bones are a bit weaker, so you are running a risk of stress fractures, especially if there are any compromised mechanics going on. What I mean by compromised mechanics is that if there are issues in the alignment, overuse of certain areas of the body, this can lead to a bit more of a problematic situation. The problem with this aspect of bone growth in conjunction with physical activity is that you can't just not jump or be physically active for like four years of your life or not be doing conditioning. But there is a way to approach things with a very conscious mindset including things like Pilates into your conditioning regime is a really great way to stretch and strengthen the muscles and help elongate musculature. A lot of times dancers can really want to push for a very lean appearance, which is aesthetically seemingly desirable, but it's not a requirement to be a good dancer by any means. Alignment, stage presence, balance, and performance are equally as important and equally as important to work on. If you feel like you're overtraining certain areas, start to work on some of those. That way your full performance can be more well-rounded. It's great to diversify your training so the same type of intensity movement isn't being done on a daily basis but switched up a bit and done in a different way. So that way you're strengthening and stretching different areas. You know, it's good to do prerequisite training for dance, in life, in a lot of different things. It's a way to test things out and go into things gradually rather than throwing yourself in at a rate that you're not ready for. I think one thing to be aware of is that a lot of parents push too much sometimes rather than trusting instructors because they may not actually understand what is needed in regards to proper preparation and they just want to see their kid do a specific certain type of movement or trick and take it off some type of a list. But there's a lot more of a conscious structure that needs to take place if things are to be done correctly and support the growth of an individual mentally, physically, spiritually in the process of whatever type of activity they're engaging in. Another thing to take into consideration is that bone growth is not always symmetrical. One side may grow a bit faster than the other, so certain positions are going to be easier than others. We always want to encourage training as symmetrically as possible and stretching the side that isn't the best a bit longer with a bit more attention to alignment. This will affect changes in flexibility and turnout and can even affect self-esteem in regards to what they are capable or able to accomplish at a given time. During this time, the body's getting older, it's maturing, it's building muscle in a different way than it did when a dancer was younger or a person was younger. It's doing different things and this is to help an individual become a stronger performer in whatever aspect in their life they are choosing to perform in, whether that's sports, just in life, whatever. The body is growing in such a way where it can perform better. I remember being really excited about this process because to me, gaining a little bit more muscle meant I could get extra height in my leaps and have more control over my movements in performing what was required of me athletically 
and I liked the strong appearance as well. I was pretty lean growing up, so it really made me feel a little bit more confident and accomplished to have some lean muscle mass on my body and have the ability to do something with it. A bit of a loss in flexibility seems like a loss at the time, and this is something that I did experience as well at certain points in my growth spurt because I did grow pretty fast when I was growing up during a certain period of time, and my flexibility was a little bit difficult to keep up with. But in the long run, it'll eventually allow you to take a greater step forward. And I think after I turned 18, around 19 years old, I started to get a lot more flexible due to yoga stretching and stretching really symmetrically. And I have to say, like, I've gained more flexibility now than I ever had when I was younger, which has been pretty amazing because a lot of the times people think once you're 18, you're kind of like over the hill, but there's so much the body is capable of once it's more formed. And um, it's an exciting process to continue to discover. So during this time, also, comparison can ensue. People's bodies are going to be growing in different ways and people have a different genetic makeup. But it's always important to make sure to emphasize for them to look at themselves just against themselves and not against each other and not against what they used to look like. They're not going to look like a child for the rest of their life. So it's not good to compare yourself to your past. The soft tissue having to catch up with their growth means that they have to put in some homework time at home for stretching if they want to keep building that flexibility and keep maintaining their balance as well. There's a lot of other exercises, which I'll get to later, which we'll touch on that. So when it comes to bone density, about 90% of your adult bone density is manufactured in your body by the time you're 18 years old. It's really important that adolescents and young women, that they're active and eating and not starving themselves because this can really affect their bones for the rest of their lives. There can be a lot of mental judgments in comparison during this time of the body individually, but it's important to respect ourselves during this growth process and really approach it with curiosity. Bones don't finish ossifying in their teenage years. The first bones that will finish ossifying are the upper limbs and the scapula, which is between ages 17 to 20, the lower limbs and the pelvis, which is between 18 and and 23 years old, and finally the sternum, clavicle, and the spine between 23 to 25 years old. During the teenage years, the structure of the vertebrae will actually be changing as well, and each vertebrae is an individual piece that connects to one another, and from there you have movement. The facet joints will actually change alignment a bit and depth over time. It's important to watch the amount of extension and force that is being put on the spine, especially in things like volleyball, gymnastics, landing jumps with hyperextended spines, doing anything in a weighted hyperextended position because it's a lot easier to get a stress fracture in the vertebrae more so than a hyperextension injury related to disc issues. Spondylolisthesis is a condition in which one bone in your back vertebrae slides forward over the bone below it. It most often occurs in the lower spine or the lumbosacral area, and this can cause back pain and numbness or weakness in one or both legs. I mention this because within the dance industry and especially within the competitive dance realm, there are a lot of dancers and studios focusing on hypermobility. 
a lot of things like oversplits and contortionist type stretching and people trying to do this on their own at home without supervision of an instructor or private coach of some sort. And this can be really dangerous. Young dancers, before really going through this time in their life, they sometimes feel indestructible. You know, they've gotten sick before and recovered. Problems start to occur and things aren't really healing as quickly sometimes at this point. And they see this as a problem that's not going away. They see their body changing sometimes as a problem that isn't going away. And I think during this time, it's also really important to discern the difference between pain and discomfort. Pain is a symptom that there's something going wrong in your body and it needs to be addressed. Discomfort is essentially dancing. It comes with being alive. It comes with growth. Life is not a good vibes only feed on Instagram. There are always things that we are growing through in a daily basis in our individual lives, publicly or privately. Fatigue is another thing that's very important to take into consideration. It's a subjective feeling of tiredness, which is distinct from weakness and has a gradual onset. Unlike weakness, fatigue can be alleviated by periods of rest, so it's important to check in with yourself and realize when you need that and to take that time and set aside that time to do that. So when it comes to balance, the center of the balance of the body will change. Because the body is changing so much, young dancers and young women will notice that their center will change and they will have to learn how to balance with it with much extra weight sometimes. I remember when this happened with my legs getting longer, I went through a period of time where it was a little bit like Bambi on ice and it did take a little bit more control and a little bit more emphasis on strengthening my lower back and a lot of the muscles that support the connections between my legs and my spine to really emphasize on strengthening those. That way I could be in more control of my movement. I think the wonderful thing that I really enjoyed being able to practice when I was in dance was the expressive part of dance, the freedom that it allowed. And I could get a lot of emotions out during that time. I could express what I was feeling, whether I was in a lyrical class and it was a little bit more of like, a low-key mood, or if I was in a hip-hop class and I wanted to be a lot more expressive, or a sassy jazz class. Going through this time in your life is so important to have outlets for expression and to enjoy expressing yourself. It's a way to kind of document the changes that you're going through, just to celebrate it. The thing I loved about coming to my yoga practice later on in life, around age 18, 19 years old, is that I learned how to get into a posture and come out of it reverse the way that I went in and learning how to hold a position and balance in the position. And this is a nice element when taken into the dance realm, learning how to hold something and control it. Oftentimes in dance, there is a lot of expression. There's a lot of movement going on. In yoga, it's a lot more about tuning in and balancing the body. But if we can bring that attention to conditioning, strengthening, and stretching within the dance realm, I really feel like that's of great importance and can lead to greater success and enjoyment of the whole process of growing as a dancer. Some other changes that will take place will be in the cardiac system and the lungs. Estrogen affects the cardiac system very positively, and progesterone affects lung development very positively. Some children 
that are getting past asthma type issues may see a change in their performance. Food allergies can also relate to asthma as well. Dairy is a huge contributor to asthmatic symptoms, and sometimes bovine lungworm can actually be mistaken for asthma if not addressed properly. And if you're not familiar with what bovine lungworm is, I really encourage you to look into it and just learn and look at the symptoms that are associated with it. And if you personally feel like that's what you're experiencing, maybe have a doctor look at it. Also, the pelvis will change gradually, but the girls oftentimes are going to feel like it happened all of a sudden, like overnight, and it feels like a huge change. All of a sudden, they have hips. Clothes don't fit the way they used to. It might be a different size in their jeans. The way their legs look is different, and they may begin to carry extra weight in their hips and thighs. The hip socket is going to move a bit more sideways, and this is called the acetabulum. The pelvic inlet will also change the core, and many people think of the abdomen and lower back as the core, but we also have to take the pelvic cavity, the pelvic floor, into the equation of the center and the core. Lack of coordination can sometimes ensue during this time period. A lot of things are changing at once and it can be difficult to grasp this. We want to also watch out that there's not a lot of hyperextension, which can be dangerous because ligaments don't contract back like muscles unless you have surgery and that's not fun. One thing that the, you know, school system doesn't really keep in touch with is circadian rhythms. Teenagers generally need a lot more sleep and deal with sleep deprivation. And when you're sleep deprived, this can show up like drugs or alcohol would. You're more irritable. You lack consistency. Fatigue is one of the leading causes of also injury in dancers. And when we are fatigued, our body doesn't react as quickly. So it's important to be aware of these changes. Now, I really want to address body image concerns in young women. Because a lot of eating disorders are taking place during this time in a woman's life. Some people, as they're getting older, they're seeing their body change and they don't want it to change. And they want to be in control of that change. Some people have gone through bad experiences with their body changing and maybe how they've interacted with their peers in regards to that whole process. You know, they might be teased. They might be treated differently because their body's changing in a different way. And this can really affect them. Let's face it, social media is more prevalent now than ever. There's a lot more people posting pictures of their body on the internet because this is kind of becoming a trend that people feel like they can use to get more attention. A lot of celebrities do it. Sometimes they do it to advertise. And sex sells. Sex appeal sells. This is not new information. So people sometimes abuse that. And with the whole thing like Photoshop getting involved and um, being used in advertisements, it's caused a lot of body dysmorphia and a lot of body dysmorphic thoughts amongst women. They're held to really unrealistic standards, and sometimes the models that are being showcased in these images don't even really look like that in the pictures. There's a really big emphasis on the thin ideal amongst women and especially in the fashion industry, and the dance industry is not immune to this. George Balanchine presented a very lithe, very ethereal, seemingly looking 
prototype of a woman as his desired dancer to be what he considered to be beautiful and acceptable for a ballet dancer. And this Balanchine ideal of perfection really prompted a lot of eating disorders and deaths within the dance community because these women that were having to train so much were not eating and trying to achieve a very prepubescent type appearance. And sometimes you would lose their menstrual cycle. And some people think it's even a bit perverted that this was what was suggested be ideal instead of appreciating a more fuller female figure in a healthier body there was always this emphasis on a very very skinny very thin ballet dancer and we see this in the fashion industry as well i think the positive thing is that in both industries there's much more acceptance happening there's a lot more dancers that are celebrated all shapes and sizes, colors, hair types, nationalities, what have you. Especially within the ballet world, we see dancers like Misty Copeland, who's the first African-American principal dancer for ABT, or American Ballet Theater, in history. And this is a great step forward. We have to be celebrating diversity in bodies and culture, because this is this is life. This is what our life is. And this is the diversity that we get to experience. And that should be showcased on the stage. We should see that in performances. It reaches a totally different audience and reaches people in such a way that really brings them into the present instead of how things just used to be and were. Nonetheless, exposure to media images of thin and beautiful women negatively affects the body image and mood states of young women. However, not all women are equally susceptible to these effects. In an experimental investigation with 123 young college women evaluated the moderating effects of the extent of the internalization of media ideals. It also examined the preventative impact of two brief interventions being media literacy information with and without a dissonance induction procedure. And results indicated that relative to a control group, the exposure to thin and beautiful media images adversely influenced the state of body image of participants with high internalization levels. Media literacy psychoeducation prior to the media exposure prevented this adverse effect. Adding a pre-exposure dissonance, dissonance induction procedure did not significantly enhance the preventative effects relatively to psychoeducation alone. So when we look at other people, it's difficult not to compare ourselves to them. It's difficult not to think, how would I feel if I looked like that? Would I feel as confident and as beautiful as this person is conveying? But I think there is more push towards educating people that these images are altered most of the time that you see in the media, in the media and even in social media. Filters, photoshopping, retouching. This type of stuff totally takes place. And we have to be aware of that and talk about that that that's what's going on and that's what's happening so that young women of our society aren't thinking that this is exactly what they need to look like and starving themselves and not taking care of their health because this does have long-term consequences on their body and their growth. I think it's also very important for parents and young adults who are choosing to use social media that they realize that there are potential side effects 
of exposing their mind to this type of material. If they're going on social media and seeking out these types of images that portray the body in a certain way or feeling inspired by certain types of images, this can lead down a very slippery slope and actually a dangerous path. There are pro-anorexia, pro-eating disorder websites out there that have contributed to the death of thousands of young women and thousands of young men. These are dangerous sites, and it's very easy for young people to be susceptible to this type of media, unfortunately. And it's really important that we keep education about this type of material very relevant and not make it seem like it's something so secretive. It's okay to not feel 100% like perfect in your own body every single day 100% of the time because nobody feels like that. Even the models in the magazines, even the most beautiful, you know, dancers, male or female, everybody has body insecurities sometimes. And it's okay. It's not necessary to go through life feeling that way about yourself. And it shouldn't overtake your life where it's a constant thought that you are consumed with on a daily basis. And if it does get to that point, it's okay to reach out to somebody and let them know that it's something that you're struggling with. I know as a dancer, I did grow up around girls that did have eating disorders. And it was difficult to see that. It was difficult to be around that type of energy. And um, even due to my digestive issues growing up, I was put on certain medications that affected my digestion. And at a certain point, it felt like something I didn't want to use anymore And it felt like something that I was doing to try to be in control of my body. And I felt out of control of it. You know, I couldn't control my digestion. I couldn't control what my body was doing. And it felt, it felt terrible. I know a lot of young people deal with this in a lot of different ways. And it can make you try to reach for resources or come to conclusions without really the advice of other people and counsel of other people. But I think that it's important to work with a doctor, work with a nutritionist, work with a counselor, somebody who can help you and help you get access to the resources that you need so that you can grow and prosper and be healthy in your life. Eating disorders, including obesity, are a major public health problem today. Throughout history, body image has been determined by various factors, including politics and media. Exposure to mass media, including television, movies, magazines, and the internet, is correlated with obesity and negative body image, which may lead to disorder eating. This is something that we have to be aware of. There are different dietary things that are contributing to obesity as well. The increase in the amount of prevalence of animal products, processed foods, you know, foods that have a lot of high fructose corn syrup in them. When when you look at processed foods or foods that come off of a shelf, it's difficult to find things that don't have processed chemicals or sugars or oils or salts in them. And these things make the food more physically addictive. They make it addictive in such a way where you end up eating more than your body actually needs and there's empty nutrition in there. Since the body is growing so much during this time, it's really important to be eating whole foods, whether these are potatoes, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, root vegetables, sea vegetables, etc., and make 
bowls out of this food with something as a base, salads, smoothies, smoothie bowls. There's a lot of different options. There's great ways to even eat affordably and eat more plant-based foods. And there's ways to enjoy eating plant-based foods in such a way where you really feel nourished and satisfied at the same time. And you're not reaching for things that are going to be throwing hormone levels out of balance, contributing to things that can lead to chronic degenerative diseases later on down the line and allow you to really thrive and prosper in your life and have energy to do the things that you love. I personally really wish that I would have found veganism younger and would have really enjoyed a lot more raw foods when I was younger because I feel like that really would have changed my relationship to my body in such a way where I would see that it can function normally and I can feed it good things and be satisfied and not have to be on medication and have to really struggle so much. And then I would be able to really enjoy dance without being in pain due to something that I really didn't feel like I had control over. I think it's also really, really important to take into consideration that the female body type throughout history in regards to the ideal female body type has really changed. There's a lot of current attitudes towards the shape and weight of both men and women, and I really feel like social media is really helping to highlight this in more of a positive way. And I know that there are some people on social media that do like to promote more of a heavy set image or more like body positivity. Body positivity, I have absolutely no problems with. I really love to see people eating healthfully and taking care of themselves and eating foods that are designed for humans to be consuming because the body and the organs are affected by what we put in it. We want to put high quality ingredients and high quality growth materials into our system. That way we can be really building a beautiful structure from the outside in and the inside out. Beauty in different cultures and different regions of the world is very, very different. Thinking that one type of body is the ideal way to look is not really, it's not reasonable, it's not realistic. And I think that if we can learn to appreciate the bodies of people from all over the world, the cultures from all over the world, and realize that there's a whole lot of beauty to go around, and it really is in the eye of the beholder, that we can see past a lot of the exterior and see through to the soul of a being and appreciate what they have to offer the world, not just from their appearance, but from their character and the love that they have to give with the world that we all live in. Social media has been a bit of a double-edged sword for some people as well. Some people think that the more they see of other people's bodies, the more sensitive they can become to it and the more uncomfortable they can become with themselves. But then there are also those who are finding that it is a great outlet for them to share who they are and what they are working with authentically and enjoy it and feel good in their skin and see it as an outlet of expression and personal expression that can be really celebrated. Seeing within the fashion industry that there are different campaigns that are wanting to highlight people from all walks of life that have a lot of unique aspects to them that other people can really relate to. I feel like in the modeling industry, there's a very kind of like Eastern European type looking, very lean, tall, ideal sort of model that's very desirable. 
And I, I'm just really grateful to see that that's changed over the years and evolved over time. I think learning to celebrate bodies and their image is an important part of developing maturity and appreciation for our own body. Dance has been something that has been very beneficial for my relationship to myself, contrast to what many people would believe is the very popularized belief that dance can really be something that causes eating disorders and really causes a lot of a breakdown within the mentality of a young performer. I think dance has really helped me have a better relationship with my body and appreciate my body a lot because I've studied over 30 dance styles. I've seen how many different ways there are to move. I've seen my body in the mirror transform into so many different shapes and do so many different types of movement that it's been really a part of my expansion as a human being. I've got to realize, like, really the human body is the most advanced piece of technology that exists. It is absolutely amazing, all the things that we can do with our body. When I look at a lot of different athletes out there, you know, Olympic athletes or, you know, people that take on a lot of different extreme sports. It's very impressive to me to see everything that people are capable of creating. You know, whenever I go around on social media and see what people are creating, it's it's really inspiring. And it helps me connect back to what I feel like I really am. When people share from that space, it comes from the same source within us. We all have that that fountain of creativity, if you will, that fountain of life that we can tap into and use that in a lot of different ways, create different things with it. And it really inspires me to see so many people doing so many different things. Dance can really be used as a therapy to heal, even if it's not done in a mirror or danced in a mirror. Oftentimes a mirror can be used as a tool for a dancer to check alignment and Make sure your body's being held in a certain position where it needs to be supported. There are times where you can look in the mirror, whether you're a dancer or you're not a dancer. I feel really critical about yourself. All you see is what's wrong. Wrong in regards to your opinion of right and wrong. Especially when I began practicing yoga and practicing yoga in front of a mirror and got to really see what was happening and focus in looking right into my eyes for an entire class, an hour and a half and seeing all of the different shapes and positions my body would get into and out of. I realized that this reflection that I see in the mirror is a reflection that loves me, that It's a reflection of my body, which has been getting me through life, getting me through the ups and downs and the adventures that I've been on and has kept me alive. And I appreciate that. I celebrate that. I am amazed by the growth that I have achieved physically, mentally, and spiritually, and emotionally in my life. And it's fun for me to have my younger students come into the class You know, some of the students are like five or six years old and they're like not even as tall as my leg. And I'm just like, at one point in my life, I was that small too. You know, just thinking about how cool it is. 
that our body changes and we get to change along with that. But I think getting older, allowing our body to change and grow and develop without developing eating disorder tendencies, without developing things that are harmful to us is really, really important taking care of the mental aspect of things because eating disorders like body dysmorphia, anorexia, and bulimia are mental disorders. When we're able to really be honest with ourselves and how we're feeling and feel comfortable talking about it and being like, you know, maybe I don't feel 100% today with my appearance and that's okay. I don't have to because that's not all that I have to offer the world and there's so much more that I have to give. And realize that about yourself. There's a lot of things people can do to alter their appearance. And everybody has a right to do whatever they feel like they want to to their body to feel good in their own skin. You only live once. However, I do really feel like it is important to acknowledge that happiness is not going to come with a surgery or a procedure or something like that. If you really aren't happy with yourself before going into that type of altering change or receiving some type of alteration to your body, it should only be to enhance what's already there and help you appreciate what's already there. Because there's so many people that try to change their body and realize that it's just never enough and they get addicted to that process. And You do have to reach a certain point where you accept what you have and appreciate what you have and be aware of what you have and grateful for what you have and make the most out of it and realize that your worth is not your body, that your body loves you and cares for you and that it is going to grow and it's going to change and that that's okay. It doesn't mean that you have to try to alter it or change it in such a way where you are hurtful towards yourself and harmful towards yourself mentally or physically or emotionally to yourself or anyone else. You have every right to feel good in your own skin. You have every right to honestly feel however you feel. Even if you don't feel good in your skin, that's okay too. You don't have to run away from that. You don't have to change. It's okay to feel that way. I want to wrap up this episode just by saying that you're more than your body. What you actually are is not defined by your body. Your body is able to help you accomplish doing so much. Even if you have disabilities, even if you have certain injuries or setbacks that you've gone through, always realize that your body is capable of so much. And when you tap into that understanding, you can grow and achieve more than you ever thought possible. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential.
The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.